Long History Jacques Cartier, Journey 2, Part 1 The Journey to Quebec City and Montreal Stadacona and Ochilaga Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. We're looking at Jacques Cartier at the moment. We've just finished his first journey and are about to start on the second. This voyage began on the 16th of May 1535 and it very much built on what he'd already learnt on the previous journey. Jacques Cartier and his men head up the St. Lawrence River. On the way they view the areas of today's Quebec City, a community called Stadacona here and Montreal called Ochelaga. They meet lots of the people who populated the area in the 1530s, including their leaders. Along the way, Cartier and his men are welcomed and feared. They are taken to be healers and near deities of some sort. This is the longest of the three journeys, and there are 15 parts in total to this series, with this particular journey taking up 9 parts. Now if you can't wait for the other episodes to be released, don't forget there's lots to explore on Long History. We've covered a lot about the early history of the Philippines, for example. But if you also want to know more about Canada, we've covered Henry Hudson's four famous journeys, including the one where he entered the Hudson Bay. And you'll find that on your podcast provider or on our website, longhistory.net, where all our episodes are gathered together. But now let's focus on Jacques Cartier, Journey 2, Part 1, The Journey to Quebec City and Montreal, Stadacona and Ochelaga. A short and brief narration of the navigation made by the commandment of the King of France to the islands of Canada, Ochelaga, Saguenay and diverse others which now are called New France, with the particular customs and manners of the inhabitants therein. Chapter 1 In the year of our Lord, 1535, upon Whitsunday, being the 16th of May, by the commandment of our Captain James Cartier, and with a common accord, in the Cathedral Church of St Malo, we devoutly each one confessed ourselves, and received the sacrament. And all entering into the choir of the said church, we presented ourselves before the Reverend Father in Christ, the Lord Bishop of St Malo, who blessed us all, being in his bishop's robes. The Wednesday following being the 19th of May, there arose a good gale of wind, and therefore we hoist sail with three ships, that is to say, the Great Hermina, being in burden about a hundredth or a hundredth and twenty ton, wherein the foresaid Captain James Cartier was general, and Master Thomas Fromont, chief master, accompanied with Master Claudius de Pombriand, son to the Lord of Montsevel, and cupbearer to the Dolphin of France, Charles of Pomeray, John Powlett, and other gentlemen. In the second ship, called the Little Hermina, being of three-score ton burden, were captains under the said Cartier, May Salobert, and Master William Marie. In the third ship, called the Hemerillon, being of forty ton in burden, were captains Monsieur William Britton and Monsieur James Maringar. So we sailed with good and prosperous wind until the twentieth of the said month, at which time the weather turned into storms and tempests, the which, with contrary winds and darkness, endured so long that our ships, being without any rest, suffered as much as any ships that ever went on seas. So that, the 25th of June, 
by reason of that foul and foggy weather, all our ships lost sight one of another again, till we came to Newfoundland, where we had appointed to meet. After we had lost one another, we in the general's ship were with contrary winds tossed to and fro on the sea, until the 7th of July, upon which lieth from the mainland fourteen leagues. This island is so full of birds, that all our ships might easily have been freighted with them, and yet, for the great number that there is, it would not seem that any were taken away. We, to victual ourselves, filled two boats of them. This island hath birds in the pole elevated forty-nine degrees and forty minutes. Upon the eight of the said month we sailed further with a prosperous weather, came to the port called the Port of White Sands that is in the bay called the Bay of Castles, where we had purposed to meet and stay together the fifteenth of the said month. In this place, therefore, we looked for our fellows, that is to say, the other two ships, till the twenty-sixth of the month, on which day both came together. So soon as our fellows were come, we set our ships in a readiness, taking in both water, wood, and other necessaries. And then, on the twenty-ninth of the said month, early in the morning, we hoist sail to pass on further, and, sailing along the northern coast that runneth northeast and southwest, till two hours after sunset or thereabouts, then we crossed along two islands which do stretch further forth than the others which we called St. William's Islands, being distant about twenty leagues or more from the port of Brest. All the coast from the castles to that place lieth east and west, northeast and southwest, having between it sundry little islands, altogether barren and full of stones, without either earth or trees, except certain valleys only. The next day, being the 30th of July, we sailed on westward, to find out other islands, which as yet we had not found twelve leagues and a half, among which there is a great bay toward the north, all full of islands and great creeks, where many good harbours seem to be. Then we named St. Martha's Islands, from which, about a league and a half further into the sea, there is a dangerous shallow, wherein are five rocks, which lie from St. Martha's Islands about seven leagues as you pass into the said islands, on the east and on the west side, to which we came the said day an hour after noon, and from that hour until midnight we sailed about fifteen leagues athwart a cape of the lower islands, which we named St. Germain's Islands, southeastward from which place about three leagues there is a very dangerous shallow. Likewise, between San Germain's Cape and St. Martha's, about two leagues from the said islands, there lieth a bank of sand, upon which bank the water is but four fathom deep, and therefore, seeing the danger of the coast, we struck sail and went no further that night. The next day, being the last of July, we went all along the coast that runneth east and west, and somewhat south-easterly, which is all environed about with islands and dry sands, and in truth it is very dangerous. The length from St. Germain's Cape to the said islands is about seventeen leagues and a half, at the end of which there is a goodly plot of ground full of huge and high trees, 
albeit the rest of the coast be compassed about with sands without any sign or show of harbours, till we came to Cape Tienot, which trendeth northwest about seven leagues from the foresaid islands, which Cape Tienot we noted in our former voyage. And therefore we sailed on all that night west and west-northwest till it was day, and then the wind turned against us. Wherefore we went to seek a haven wherein we might harbour our ships, and by good hap found one fit for our purpose, about seven leagues and a half beyond Cape Tionot, and that we named St Nicholas Haven. It lieth amidst islands that stretch into the sea. Upon the nearest we, for a token, set up a wooden cross. But note, by the way, that this cross must be brought northeast, and then bending toward it, leave it on the left hand, and you shall find six fathom water, and within the haven four. Also, you are to take heed of two shells that lean outward half a league. All this coast is full of shoals and very dangerous. Albeit in sight many good havens seem to be there, yet is there naught else but shelves and sands. We stayed and rested ourselves in the said haven until the 7th of August being Sunday, on which day we hoist sail and came toward land on the south side toward Cape Rabast, distant from the said haven about 20 leagues north-northeast and south-southwest. But the next day there rose a stormy and contrary wind, and because we could find no haven there toward the south, thence we went coasting along toward the north beyond the above said haven about ten leagues, where we found a goodly great gulf, full of islands, passages and entrances toward what windsoever you please to bend. For the knowledge of this gulf, there is a great island that is like to a cape of land, stretching somewhat further forth than the others, and about two leagues within the land, there is an hill fashioned as it were an heap of corn. We named the said gulf, St. Lawrence, his bay. The twelfth of the said month, we went from the said St. Lawrence, his bay, or gulf, sailing westward, and discovered a cape of land toward the south that runneth west and by south, distant from the said St. Lawrence, his bay, about five and twenty leagues. And of the two wild men which we took in our former voyage, it was told us that this was part of the southern coast and that there was an island, on the southerly part of which is the way to go from Ongedo, where the year before we had taken them, to Canada, and that two days' journey from the said cape and island began the kingdom of Sogonay, on the north shore extended toward Canada, and about three leagues athwart the said cape, there is above a hundred fathom water. Moreover, I believe that there were never so many whales seen as we saw that day about the said cape. The next day, after being our lady day of August the 15th of the month, having passed the strait, we had notice of certain lands that we left toward the south, which lands are full of very great and high hills, and this cape we named the Island of the Assumption and one cape of the said high countries lieth east-north-east and west-south-west, the distance between which is about five and twenty leagues. 
the countries lying north may plainly be perceived to be higher than the southerly, more than 30 leagues in length. We trended the said lands about toward the south. From the said day until Tuesday noon following, the wind came west, and therefore we bended toward the north, purposing to go and see the land that we before had spied. Being arrived there, we found the said lands, as it were, joined together and low toward the sea. And the northerly mountains that are upon the said low lands stretch east and west and a quarter of the south. Our wild men told us that there was the beginning of Sogonay, and that it was land inhabited, and that thence cometh the red copper of them named Cañedaz. There is between the southerly lands and the northerly about thirty leagues distance, and more than two hundred fathom depth. The said men did moreover certify unto us that there was the way and beginning of the great river of Ochelaga, and ready way to Canada, which river, the further it went, the narrower it came, even unto Canada, and that then there was fresh water, which went so far upwards, that they had never heard of any man who had gone to the head of it, and that there is no other passage but with small boats. Our captain, hearing their talk, and how they did affirm no other passage to be there, would not at that time proceed any further, till he had seen and noted the other lands, and coast toward the north, which he had omitted to see from St. Lawrence his gulf, because he would know if between the lands toward the north any passage might be discovered. As this episode ends, we see that Cartier is still exploring all the rivers and inlets he can see, presumably in the hope of finding some sort of passage to the east. Along the way, we see some of the earliest ever mentions of this Canada place, and St. Lawrence River and Gulf appear to get their name in this episode. In the next episode, Cartier explores this northern coast and then begins his journey up the St. Lawrence River. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Long History. I hope you've enjoyed that, and if you have, please do give it a like and share it if you can with any like-minded people. There are another 8 episodes to this particular journey and 15 episodes in total to Cartier's voyages, so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when the remaining episodes are released. They will also be available on our website longhistory.net. Thank you for listening everyone. This was Jacques Cartier, Journey 2, Part 1. The journey to Quebec City and Montreal, Stadacona and Ochelaga.